Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. Goodness. Can you guys make some noise for Jesus this morning? Every adoration, every praise, every single sound, noise, and anything in between that we can muster up this morning. Amen? So let's just give, like we're going to get loud about the Chiefs and the Buccaneers later. Let's get loud about our God right now. Can we give him praise? Go! Our word says that he inhabits the praises of our people. Yeah, that's right. That means he rides in on our praise. That means whatever you've dealt with this week, the snow, relationships, whatever it may be, depression, it all crumbles underneath the weight of his praise because he sits on that praise. His throne is on that praise. And there is nothing bigger, nothing heavier, nothing mightier, nothing more lethal to the things of this earth than the throne of Jesus. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Yes, it is. Awesome. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Matt McClure. My wife, Adrienne, saw her up here earlier. We are the lead pastors here at Takeover. It's good to have you with us this morning. Yo, we're in the Bible this morning. Can you all make some noise, by the way, for our serve crew from worship to kids to the host crew? You know, a lot of people think I have a difficult job leading this church. I don't, okay? A difficult job is when everything is going crazy and DJ, my man, the booth is back there making it still happen, okay? Yeah. So make some noise yeah. DJ. We love right. you, bro. You're the man. Yeah. All right? He is a perseverer like no other. Proud of you. This morning, we're going to continue our series, Breaker, as Zach, one of our amazing core team members, said earlier. But as you know, every single week during the series, we are kicking it off with the Breakers Creed. Let's get it. Let's do it. And I don't think I really need to explain it any more than we already have, but uh, we just like it. Like, how cool is it that we can just go back to what our, what our ancestors as Christians did, having a creed, having something to rally behind, making a battle cry, amen, something to get us all on the same page, with the same heart, with the same spirit, with one voice, chasing after the same God with one heart and passion, amen? amen. So we're going to throw up the Breaker Creed on the screen, and we're going to repeat it together. Y'all ready? A breaker is a child of God, a follower of Jesus, a temple of the Holy Spirit. A breaker desires the things above, a breaker understands the need for breaking. A breaker will willfully give themselves to breaking. A breaker seeks the anointing of God that only comes through the breaking of God. The breaker's anointing is the ability to break through any spiritual hindrance that would impede upon God's kingdom or God's purposes for His church. Come on! Amen! Man, I'm going to get that tattooed on my back. I, I promise you. I said it on the second. I promise you, we said it on video, right? Oh, man. This morning, if you're taking notes, the title of my message this morning is... Are you ready? Yeah. Ready. So ready for the Word of God this morning. Johan is. You're a beautiful man, Johan. <laughs> Deanna did well for herself, you know what I'm saying? Oh, nice. Love you. Oh, I love you. You got two names. How cool are you? Um, the title of my message is this morning, The Breakers Offering. The Breakers Offering. And because we're in West Michigan, I'm sure 18 of us have now had thought of this is about to be about money, not the two now. This has nothing to do with money this morning. So you heard the word offering and you thought this had to do with money this morning. It has nothing to do with money. But I would challenge you, if your mind, when you heard the word offering, went to money and you didn't really want to go there, chances are maybe today what you're going to receive from this message is that money has a bit more of a hold on your life right. than it has any right to. Yes. Oh. <laughs> so if you thought about that, let's have a prayer, have yeah. a ponder, have a think later. That's good, that's good. And uh, we'll challenge that a bit. But yeah. 
the breaker's offering. As, and it's, it's been a theme. We're going to continue in the Old Testament. Who's ready for Old Testament? Old yes. Testament. Oh, yeah. yeah. Come on. It's going to be crazy. So let's head over to the book of Genesis. We're going way back to the beginning. If you don't have your Bible, it'll be up on the Sky Bible here. But Genesis 17, 15 through 21. 17, 15 through 21. There it is. Oh, beautiful. Thank you, Eric. In fact. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, can we just pause real quick? How incredible is it that, like, right before this moment, I mean, it might have, but we don't really know. This could be the birth of the name Sarah, which in my opinion, no offense if your name Sarah this morning, is one of the most, like, basic names of all time. And we're seeing it, like, made right here. Like, that's incredible. Okay? No offense. No offense, Sarah, you're loved by God, okay? He loves you. He gave Jesus for you. You are blessed and have the name of the Lord. There it is. As for Sarai, your wife, you shall call her, you should not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. And God said, No. But Sarah, your wife, shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish you my covenant with him. And as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I will, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father twelve princes and I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant. This is big news right here. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac. Yeah. Whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. Amazing. We're going to pray. And we're going to get into it. Father God, we just ask this morning that you would do what only you can do, God. Jesus. What only you can do, God. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by charisma. It's not by Bible degrees and great theology. It's not by perfect sound equipment and great vocals, God. It's not by practice. But by your spirit, God. Jesus. But by your spirit. Father God, I don't know everyone's story in this room this morning. I don't know exactly where we all came in this morning. I don't know what life has looked like. But I know that your Holy Spirit does. And so right now, God, we ask. We ask that you would move right now, God, however you wish to, God. The, the gaps that are in between our hearts and your heart right now, fill them with the Holy Spirit. Fill them with your presence, God. Move closer to your people today, God, and leave us changed for the kingdom of heaven so we can be better used here on earth. We didn't come for the play play today, God. We didn't come for religious experience. God, we came to encounter you. Whatever that looks like. However that feels. Whatever words you want to lay on your people, we are open, we are on the operating table, and we are ready to be separated by bone and marrow for the word of God. So come and have your way. In Jesus' mighty name, Faith Little Church Center. Amen. Come on, guys. The breaker's offering. Yes, now, today, to be a little bit of a change up from how things have gone, you see, this whole time that we've been in this series called Breakers, we have looked at and we have participated in and we have decided that we are going to be willfully giving ourselves over to the breaking. That following God, often, more often than not, looks like we are willfully giving ourselves over to the crucible. That we are willfully putting ourselves in the furnace. That we are willfully following God anywhere. And he says, yo, in all of the breaking, in all of the crushing, in all of the shedding that comes along with becoming a breaker, all of the refinement, has anybody felt refined in the yes. beginning of this year? Yes. I have. 
All of the refinement, all of the burning, all of the shedding, all of it has been made so you and I will not continue on to only just be the broken, but we ourselves will become the breakers. That God can use us as conduits in our city and in our world and in our workplace and in our families to usher in battle pairs of the God of breakthrough. That we would operate and we would be and we would look like how we are called to and that is a child of God. If the word of God says that Jesus is the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, that is you and that is me. That is the church. You are who he says you are. You are grafted into the family he says that you are grafted into. You have what he says you have. You can do what he says you can do. And so today, today we kind of are going to take a moment and we are going to pivot into a different direction this morning. Does anybody understand what the word pivot means today? Yes. Pivot, real quick if we could. I'm sure Zach is going to have a million contradictions to this because he's an actual basketball player. And I'm 5'8 on a good day with Tom Cruise, okay? We're shorties, is what it is. But a pivot, Kayla was super tall last night. You recognize her laughing anywhere. But a pivot point is a fixed point at which you turn. I'm right? There we go. I got it. And for a basketball player, their pivot point is fixed on their foot. But for the breaker this morning, our pivot point, our fix, where we pivot and we turn, when we pivot and the tides turn, when we pivot and the tables turn, when we pivot and we go into what God has for us, going from broken to breaking, when we pivot, our fixed axis point of which we turn is not our foot by which we stand, but our breaking point. Amen? Amen. As we spoke about last week, so this morning, if somebody would just be so bold to declare in the house today, would you just tell God, this is my pivot point? This, this is my pivot point. Declare that before the Lord this morning. Say today, February 7th, is my pivot point. Come on, somebody. This is our pivot point. And the reason I want to talk about the breaker's offering it's because now that we're going to transition into a different season in church, and a different season in time, and a different season in this series called Breaker this morning, things are going to change. We're going to begin to not look at just what happens with the breaking, but what happens when a breaker understands who and what she is, who and what he is, that we will become and we will do and we will see heaven manifest in earth as it should. When a breaker is operating as a breaker should be. Amen? The breaker's offering. Well, the reason this is important is because for all of us, we just read it on the creek. We want this breaker's anointing, don't we? Yes. We want this breaker's anointing. Remember what anointing means? It means an assignment. It means an approval. It means an appointment. It means that it's smeared all over your life. That is what anointing means. It's an assignment. It's an appointment. It's an approval, and it is smeared all over your life. And the reason that's important this morning is because so many of us, we are like, yes, I want that. I want to get to that level. I want to get to that place. I want the Lord's anointing all over my life. But friends, can I encourage you this morning? Yes. The Lord's anointing always comes off the heels of the Lord's offering. A breaker anointing will always come off the heels of a breaker offering. And again, if your mind is going back to money, the chances are that's an area of which the Lord is trying to do a little minor adjustment or a lot in your life. But that's not at all what I'm talking about today. What I'm talking about today 
is the fact that every single one of us, we live and we breathe and we're following Jesus and we want to see the things of God come about in this world. We want to see marriages restored. We want to see legs grow out. We want to see words of prophecy given. We want to see people follow the call of God on their lives. We want to have the influence that we are called to have here now in this earth. Amen? Amen. That's what we want. We want this anointing. We want the breakers anointing. And we've talked about so far how the breakers anointing really comes off the backside of God's breaking. That's right. But what if I told you today that the breakers anointing will be as multiplied in your life as your offering? Say that again. What if I told you this morning? At the level of which, and put it this way, the breakers anointed will only be multiplied to the level of your offering. The breakers anointing will only be multiplied to the level of your offering. And again, I'm not talking about money. I just feel like there's someone in the room who is stuck on money. Let's get stuck on the spirit, okay? Yes. Move past it. Yes. There's nothing to do with money this morning. This has everything to do with your life. Yeah. You see, all of us, man, we want the anointing of Jesus, don't we? Yes. Does our offering match Jesus' offering? We all want the offering of, or the, of the anointing of Paul, don't we? Man, God, I just want to do what Paul did. I just want to pastor churches. I just want to lead revivals. God, I just want to go and start all these things. God, use me like Paul. Was our offering to the level of Paul? God, use me like Peter. I want my shadow, my very shadow to heal people as I walk by them and fire somebody will go by on crutches or in a stroller and as I pass by in the egg section they're standing on their own. God, use me like Peter. Yes. So is your offering to the level of Peter this morning? See, friends, this is what we got to look at here. As we pivot away from the breaking, now we have to start looking at our action. Now we have to start looking at what it looks like to truly serve Jesus as a breaker. What does it look like in our lives to truly walk in the Spirit, to truly walk in all these things? So many of us, we want to ascend to that next level. We want to arrive at that next destination point. We want the influence we want ear from heaven. We want hands that heal. We want to see revival happen in Grand Rapids. Well, a revival anointing is going to take a revival offering. Yeah. A revival anointing is going to take a revival offering. This is who our God is. Friends, what if I told you this morning? What if I told you this morning that every offering that comes from heaven an offering from earth is required. What if I told you this morning that every offering the Lord has for you will require an offering back from you? Every offering the Lord has for you will require an offering back from you. Amen? Is this yeah. making sense this morning? Yeah, it's good. God wants you to be anointed. Let that sit in for a second, okay? Because we're sitting here, and so often we throw our hands up to the sky. Why aren't we seeing this? Why is it not battle over here? Why is it not happening? We sit here, and we wonder, and we'll curse the sky, and we'll ask God, and we'll cry, and we'll be brokenhearted for something that we know we can get to. But has our heart broken enough for our offering to be holy? See, God wants you to be anointed. God wants you to be anointed. He wants you to open doors that no man can shut. He wants you to give healings in this earth that no man can doubt. He wants you to cast visions 
that nobody can disparage on YouTube. God wants you, let's try. He'll want you. God wants you to be as anointed as heavenly possible. He wants all of heaven to have complete access to your life. But do you know what he wants more than that? What do you mean, Matt? There's something above complete access to heaven? Yes, there is. There's another level to this. Are you ready? Beyond a complete access to heaven here and now? What God wants for you, what God wants in totality, is he wants you to be anointed. He wants you to have access to that anointing. But he wants to have access through your access. God wants to have access through your access. Because friends, anointing that's not submitted can't be multiplied. Anointing that's not submitted cannot be multiplied. You can be as anointing as the day is long, but if you haven't given that over, if God has made you the most charismatic, the most anointed worship leader, the most amazing businessman, if He has made you the most stellar wife, if He has gifted you in all of these areas for you and shaped you in such an anointed way, there's no door that's close to you. You can walk through anywhere, do anything, and just heaven follows you. If He gives it to you all, but it's not submitted to Him, well, then it cannot be multiplied. The anointing of God, the breaker's anointing, will only be as multiplied to the level of the breaker offering. I'm preaching to anybody here this morning. Yeah, that's good. Can okay, someone just say, offering to get access? Offering to get access. Offering to get access. I'm not talking about works this morning, okay? And I'm not talking about doing and all these other things that sometimes our minds will trend to when we're speaking on a subject like this. What I am talking to is not something that is of monetary value that we lay down. I'm talking about our lives. It's a lot easier to give up money than it is to give up the reputation. It's a lot easier to give away a car than it is to lay my life down. It's a lot easier to give somebody else a word of knowledge and obedience than it is to love and cherish my wife the way God has called me to love and cherish my wife. Offering begets access. This isn't about part of our life. This is about our whole life. This isn't about offering up God our singing abilities. This is about offering everything else that we want to keep to ourselves. I appreciate anybody this morning. Yes. So what does this have to do with Abraham? That's a good question. See, Abraham in this moment, it's awesome. God is telling Abraham your name's going to be Abraham. Sarai's not going to, because he was, sorry, he was Abram first, okay? And then he became Abraham. And then Sarai, well, she's no longer named Sarai. She's going to become Sarah. And you guys are going to have a kid. You're going to have a son. His name's going to be Isaac. And this is awesome, right? This is amazing. We're looking at this at face value. It's like, dude, God just parted the heavens, came down, went to Abram and Sarai, and called him a new name and gave him a kid. And this is incredible. It's so incredible, the fact, that Abraham goes on to be known as a hero of faith. And his actual title later on in the Bible, he is known as the father of faith. Which I think is absolutely incredible. Because if we look back and we rewind the clock to Genesis 12, about 25 years previous to this moment in time, I think you might get a little bit of a different impression on Abraham. A little bit of a different impression on Sarah. A little bit of a different impression of this moment. You see, this is a great scene. It's a great trailer for the movie. It's awesome. It gets you excited. What an incredible moment. But let me put it this way. There's a reason... He is called the father of faith. It has nothing to do with this moment, okay? So we rewind the clock about 25 years, and what happens is Abraham is Abram. 
Sarah is Sarah. Sarah is Sarah. And they're chilling. They're living their lives. 75 years old and 65 years old. They are old, but they are living their lives. They are being awesome. And God interrupts Abram's regularly scheduled program and says, Abram, I need you to pick up your wife, take your people because they have like a homestead, and I need you to move in to Canaan. Did you know what Abram did? He protested. He got angry. He shook his fist at God. No, he didn't. I didn't say there was any protest at all. I didn't say there was any anger at all. In Genesis 12, it shows that Abram and Sarah, or Sarah, willfully went to Canaan. Later on, there would be a famine that would take place for the this place out of Canaan for a season, but they willfully went to Canaan. You want to know why Abraham becomes known as the father of faith? It has nothing to do with the miracles that he did. Because if it did, he'd be called the father of miracles. But he's not. In fact, he's not even known for doing any miracles. He's known as a father of faith, not because the miracles that he did, but the availability that he had. Not because of the miracles that he did, but because of the availability that he had. I believe this morning that there are some sons and there are some daughters in here today that will become fathers and mothers of faith to a whole generation of people. I'm not just talking kids. I'm talking people in this church. I'm talking people beyond the walls of this church. You will become fathers and mothers of faith for people you don't even know yet. But it won't come about because of the miracles that you've done. It will come about because of the availability you've given. Because I can't imagine, I can't imagine at all that Abraham and Sarah, Abraham and Sarah, that they were super stoked on, you know, moving completely. I can't imagine for a second that they were just like, yeah, let's just rip up our entire lives. Go on a whim. You heard from God? So be it. I can't imagine that was the most comfortable, convenient situation they ever found themselves in. But you see, what Abraham wasn't concerned with, what Abraham was not content with, was not having the most of God that he could, and he understood the most of God that he could have was in that new land. Right. You see, so many of us, so many of us, we don't go to that next level. We don't enter into that new land. God has another level of authority available to us. He's got a new promise ahead of you. He has got an area for you to go into. He has got so much more ahead of you than what is behind you. But we, we hold ourselves back and we forfeit all of it. Because we're not willfully giving wholly of ourselves as an offering. Offering begets access. Offering begets access. 25 years before this moment that we just read about, we see the Abram and Sarah, two different names, two different people, 25 years apart from who they would later become and what they would be known by. And they were still willing to uproot their entire life to be rooted where God was calling for them to. New levels require new offerings. New lands require new offerings. There's a life that had to be laid down in this moment well before what we'll get to later in this message. There was lives that need to be laid down and Abraham made himself and his wife available as offerings. Yes. See, offering that begins access. And this is awesome, right? This is great. We love this portion of Scripture because it's so encouraging. Man, we're going to go where God says to go. We're going to do what God says to do. And that's just going to be it. That is my agreement. That is my covenant with the Lord. That is what we're going to do. And I'm sure 
that we've all proclaimed that in some way or another. And I'm sure that Abraham and Sarah also proclaimed that. But what happens is 25 years goes by. You see, when God says go to Canaan, that's not all that God said. How many know if he gives you directions and gives you vision? Yeah. One of the things that he said was, I need you to go to Canaan. Abram, Sarah, you're going to have children. You're going to have a kid. You are going to birth a nation. Nations and kings will come from Sarai. Nations and kings will come from Sarah. But we started off with the scripture today that takes 25 years. It takes place 25 years after this. Right. So what happened in that interim? What happened in the interim is I think something that happens to every single one of us. What happens in the interim is that time will go by. That time will happen. That suddenly, we're going to be here going, God gave me a word, and He gave me a vision, and yeah, we're going to see revival, baby. But like a great tree, you don't get 100 feet tall overnight. Yeah. Rome wasn't built in a day. Every single analogy you could give. So what happens is, is Abe and Sarah, just like you and me, well, they get a little antsy. They get a little discontent. They get a little disheartened. They get a little disillusioned. They get feeling a little defeated. There's a lot of D words that we can find to describe how they felt in 25 years. And I guarantee everybody in this room at one point or another on their walk with Jesus has felt disheartened, has felt disillusioned, has felt defeated, has felt like they're discontent with where they are and they need more from God. Would I be wrong in my assumptions? Because I have. Because I have. So what ends up happening is, well, much like you and me, God gives us a word and time goes by. Well, we kind of start getting a little crafty. We kind of start thinking, how can I fulfill the promises of God in my life? We kind of start thinking, man, I know God's vertical, but horizon over here looks like this. And that could be an answer to the fulfilling of God's call on my life. Or, you know, it's a little bit easier over here. And I can see, I can see the city through the trees over here. If I go this way and we start getting a little crafty and we start getting a little dodgy and we start thinking to ourselves that we can fulfill the promises of God on our life. And so what ends up happening? Well, Abraham and Sarai, Sarah and Abraham, I'm going to with Abraham and Sarah, we'll get to the intention there, but it's just easier. Abraham and Sarah, what they decided to do is, well, some time has gone by, five years, ten years. Man, I thought we'd have nations underneath this by now. I thought we'd at least have one kid. Like, I'm getting older, and Sarah's getting older, and our bodies are breaking down, and they're starting to feel like maybe God forgot his promise. Maybe God forgot his word. Maybe God forgot his authority. Maybe God forgot his sovereignty. Maybe God forgot he was God. Or maybe God just forgot about me. And so what ends up happening is, is Abraham and Sarai, well, they get twisted. You see, friends, can I encourage you this morning? The promises of God are not the products of God. 
the promises of God are not the products of God. You see, Abraham and Sarah's promise was God himself, not necessarily Isaac. His, their promise was, this is what God will do in and through your life, but the product of that promise was Isaac. So they got twisted, you see, and they started going, oh, it's got to be a kid, it's got to be this, it's got to be a boy, we've got to have there, we've got to have this, we've got to do this, we've got to start nations, kings, and the future is depending upon us. And so what do they do? They get a slave named Hagar for Abraham to sleep with. What? I'm pretty sure I heard the Lord say, I will birth nations through her and her being Sarah. Yeah. Well, God must have forgotten about me. So Hagar! But Hagar doesn't sire him a son. So even, even plan B didn't work out. So what happens is plan C. And her name is Eliza. And she's a steward of Abraham's land. And his estate. And all of his things. And from Elijah comes a son. And his name is Ishmael. Ishmael. And I think about this moment. And I think about you. And I think about me. And I think about our offerings. And how... Man, another year goes by, and God still hasn't done what I thought He was going to do, you know, what I heard Him say He's going to do. Another year goes by, and, you know, I may not be in the same workplace, but I'm in the same vocation, and I'm still miserable. And another year goes by, and I thought He gave me a word, and, man, I'm still single, still not married, still where I was. And another year goes by, and another year goes by, and another year go by, goes by, and we start thinking that maybe God has passed us by. But friends, can I tell you that God and time are not synonymous? God and time are not synonymous, okay? God made time. God don't work for time. Time works for God, okay? God made time, and God made you. And God makes time work for you. Amen. But we get discontent with God's time. When we get discontent by God's timing, we allow time to determine the offering we give God. Friends, when we allow something other than God, including time, to determine the offering we give God, that's an illegitimate offering. When we allow time or anything else other than God himself in heaven to determine the kind of offering we give God, that is an illegitimate offering. Friends, that's counterfeit. Friends, God doesn't want a portion. He wants the whole. That's right. God doesn't want your best offering. He wants heaven's best offering. We will get discontent, or we will get disillusioned, and we will allow time to determine the offering we give God. If it's 25 years to receive the promise of, of your life from heaven, then it's 25 years to receive the promise of your life from heaven. Well, that just doesn't work for me. It works for God. Yeah. And if it works for God, it's going to work for you. Yeah. I preach to anybody this morning. Yes. And you wonder why I came to that conclusion? Here's why. Because you see, Ishmael is more than just a really great, like, you know, yoga name, okay? Ishmael is, that's right, it's pretty obvious. Uh, Ishmael's a great name, okay? I like it. <laughs> Two things I see in this. Two things I see in this. Ishmael, that he receives from, obviously, having sexual relations with Elijah in hopes of making his own promise of God come about in his life, fulfilling the promise of God in his life himself. He's trying to do that through Eliezer. And they name the son Ishmael. Two things I see here. Ishmael, the name, literally means, you ready for this? Yeah. Literally means the fulfillment of God's promise. Oh, boy. 
the fulfillment of God's promise. Heck, God didn't fulfill his promise yet. I'm still on heaven's top. I'm still on heaven's clock. But you know what? I'm going to be ignorant that I am going to go out of God's will, sire a kid with someone who's not my wife or not my spouse, and the person that God said was actually going to birth the nation through, okay? I'm going to go outside of his will, not once, but twice, and this girl, we're going to have a kid that would name Ishmael because you know what? I'm the man. I feel God's promises in Ishmael. Do you know what I find really incredible about that story? God did not name Ishmael. God did not order Ishmael. Ishmael was not in God's word for Abraham's life, right? But because of discontentment, disheartenment, disillusionment, and maybe a little disenfranchised of who his father was, Abraham decided to try and fulfill the promise of God on his life himself. And his best offering was a false promise of God. So Ishmael, Ishmael, fulfillment of God's promise, right? That's the name. Check this out. Do you know what Isaac means? So 25 years after the words received, one year following that, God comes to them and says, you will bore a son, and his name will be Isaac. God named Isaac. He didn't name Ishmael. But do you know what Isaac means? Isaac means you will laugh. Because remember Abraham, he falls down on his face and he's laughing before the Lord. And then he's like, what are you going to do with the bag of bones of my age, man? Come on! You see, what happened was, was Abraham, now 100 years old, about to turn 101 by the time Isaac actually comes on the scene. Abraham has allowed 25 years of waiting to disenfranchise him. He's allowed 100 years of getting older to, to, to completely sway him from what God is able to do. Okay, this is what happens when we don't keep our soil good. This is what happens when we don't take care of our heart. This is what happens when we don't remain firm on the steadfast, uh, sure anchor for our soul that is Jesus. When we allow time to be a determining factor of the kind of offering and attention and praise and adoration that we give our God. This is what happens. But the amazing thing is this. So Ishmael, my best efforts, I call the fulfillment of God's promise. Except he doesn't have God's covenant. So he doesn't really have any of God's promises at all. Anyways. But God is so faithful, he's so good that 25 years down the track, I have a kid named Isaac whom he names that says he will laugh. What that tells me is that your best efforts and my best efforts will always come up counterfeit. But when we actually wait on God to be God and to fulfill His promises, it will bring us joy. Yeah. It will bring us joy. The other one will bring us lack. The other one will actually steal from us. The other one will actually, actually operate outside of God's will, God's best, God's timing for our life. We will be trying to remove his lordship from him and take the reins on ourselves. And we decide that Abraham is a better lord than God is. That Abraham is a better God than God is. I'm going to take these reins. I'm going to have a kid. And look what I've done, Lord. All you did was... All you did was bring a counterfeit offer. Because you could tell me, and you could tell the world that this is the fulfillment of God's promise as the day is long. But if God wasn't involved in fulfilling God's promises, God had nothing to do with that promise. But Isaac, Isaac is God's promise. Isaac is your joy. Isaac will make you laugh. I will blow your mind at a hundred plus years old that I am still God and you are still very much Abram. 
but we're going to change that. You see what happens is we get down the track. This moment that we just read about takes place, right? Abram and Sarah, they receive new names. Do you want to know why they receive new names? They receive new names because they gave God a new offering. Because what happens with offerings? They're burnt. What happens when something's burnt? It's changed. And when you offer up yourself as a new offering to God, when God is allowed to consume you, when God is allowed to burn you, when God is allowed to change you, how many of you know He will not refer to you by what was old? Yes. He will not refer to you by what you were formerly. God will give you a new beginning, but He needs a new offering. God will give you a fresh history, but He needs a fresh offering. So many of us, like Abraham and Sarah, we're God, give me a new name. Alright, give me a new offering. God, give me a new future. Alright, give me, give me your future. Because here's the thing. I think one of the things that we get twisted all the time is we think an offering is our less, is our least. But it's actually our best. Because it's not really an offering if it doesn't cost you anything. It's not really an offering if it doesn't cost you anything. It's not really an offering if you can live without it. An offering isn't what you can live without. It's what you give everything for. An offering isn't what you can live without. It's what you give everything for. I've given everything to reach this level. I've given everything to reach these heights. I've given everything to have this influence. I've given everything to have this church this big and this size. I've had everything for my marriage to look like this. Give it everything. But what happens? What happens? When God tells you there is more available to you. But it's going to require all Including. Including but not limited to, including everything that you strive for. God would never do that. Yeah, he would. God would never do that. Yeah, can we go to that piece of scripture example? Yeah. Is this helping anybody out today? Yes, it's good. Don't just say it back if it's not. No, Tell this is good. Are you ready? Yes. Genesis 22, 9 to 18. When they came to the place in which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham, he reached out his hand and he took the knife to slaughter his son. But then the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now, for now I know that you fear God. See, you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and he looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham, he went and he took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mountain of the Lord it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham the second time in heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. And I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven, as the sand that is on the seashore, and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed 
because you have obeyed my voice. So previous to this moment, Abraham got a new change in his name. His wife's got a new name. They got a new call. They got a new season. New, 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 new. Because they gave fresh, 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 fresh offerings. And one of the things that we kind of breeze past a little bit is something rather encouraging for the Christian, I believe. See, God and Sarah, they still went to the Lord and asked Him. Still asked Him before Isaac was born. Don't, don't penalize Ishmael because of our sin. Don't hold it against him because of our mistakes. Please, Lord, still bless him. He may not be the one that you have covenanted with, but please, Lord, make much of Ishmael's life. And this is what happened. It's just like a life where you give up your whole life back onto God and you say you can have the totality of me. He will still bless, and He will still honor, and He will still make most and make sense, and He will still bring to fruition promises that He had for you, even when you were disheartened yeah. and disillusioned and disfranchised with Him. Yeah. When you went out and you made an Ishmael of yourself, of your life, of your marriage, of whatever your circumstance was, when you went out and you made an Ishmael, Man, when you come back to God with a fresh offering, He will bless Ishmael. Kings and nations may not come from Him, but twelve princes certainly will. And that means God brings beauty from ashes. That means He turns around with the enemy meant for evil, and He makes it work together for your good. It means He will use your wandering. Here we go. It's a showdown of all showdowns. Abraham and Isaac. Isaac's obviously a little bit older by this point now, which also means that Abraham is. And Abraham, he's had some time with this promise. He's had some time with this boy. He has learned to love this boy that heaven prophesied over him. He has learned to love this child and steward this child and believe in this child and begin to set this child up for a kingdom of inheritance because God said, I will birth you a son named Isaac. And so he's had time to get used to him. He's had time to get to know him. He's had time with God's promise. Now God is saying, I need you to put that promise to death. What? Now I was I was with you for the scripture because I know how the story goes, right? Like I know the story. Uh, 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 God's gonna ask for my best. Okay, yeah, I understand the story. And then I'm gonna go up to the mountain and I'm gonna get ready to strike down what God says is my best that He gave me in honor of Him. But then I know the angel's gonna come and He's gonna tell me not to do it. I get to keep my blessing and honor God. I can do it. Let's go. And we get hype about this story. It's really great. But what happens when Isaac and Abraham is not just someone else's history, but it's your present? Right. What happens when Isaac and Abraham isn't just a story in the Bible when it becomes the next chapter in yours? What happens when this no longer is a Bible story, but this is your reality? What happens when God actually asks you for his promise back from you? What happens when he's like, dude? I made you the most gifted worship leader of all time. And now I need you to never be worshiped again. I need you to never sing again. You don't just lay this thing down. You put this thing to death. Could you do it? Could you do it? 
everything you strive for, all of the equity you've built up, all of the grades, all of the hard work, all of the college, all of the debt, all of the things that you have accrued and just trying to get to that level, that anointing, that place that God has for you. He spoke to you at six years old that you were going to be influential in ways that you never knew you'd be influential. You didn't even know a word influential meant at six years old. And finally, you've arrived. And God says, now that you've arrived, and now that you've had time, and now that you've built all of this wonderful stuff to give me glory, now I need you to burn it. No, I need you to burn it down. Could you do it? I need you to give it up as an offering for me. Could you do it? Where's your team? You can make a way Could you do it? It's everything. Everything that you've ever built towards. That you've ever given to because you walk up that hill with a torch in one hand, your son in the next, your calling in the next, everything that is your best, everything that God has promised you, everything could you prepare an altar to sacrifice it all for the glory of God. Because it's easy if it was a porn addiction. Dude, if this gives God glory, I will, I, will, I will kill this laptop. I will throw my phone away if this is what it gives God glory. Man, if it's cheating on your spouse, I will cut that thing off. God, I will fall down at your altar. I will bring my wife there. I will plead forgiveness. Yeah, just keep that low behind you guys. I will plead forgiveness. And I will sacrifice it. If it brings you glory, if it brings me freedom. But when it's your best, when it's everything that you identify with, when it's what you are known by, when it's what makes you you, in your very limited understanding of who you are, could you do it? I love Abraham because he's such a great example. There's a reason he's the father of faith. He's the reason there's the father of faith. Because your offering, it's going to take faith. It's going to take faith. And it's going to take relationship. And it's going to take understanding who God says that he is to you. Because Abraham understands what you and I so often fail to understand, especially me. Especially me. Man, take over church. It's the fulfillment of a promise of God. No, take over church is the product of God. Amen. Isaac was the product of God. A healthy marriage is a product of God. Finances are a product of God. Supernatural healing is a product of God. Grace and mercy and favor to be endorsed you don't deserve to be in on your best day is a product of God. What Abraham understood and what you and I need to get a conviction of today is that the promises of God are not the products of God. The promises of God are God himself. God is interested in 
given you every single product that comes and is found in heaven. He wants to give you every product of God. But the product of God only comes by the person of God. The person of God is only available to you by your offering yourself. Offering that gets access to a world beyond what you see before your eyes. Beyond your schedule. Beyond your plans. Beyond your anger. Beyond your frustrations. Beyond your confusion and your successions. There is so much more available to you. There is an anointing that will fall on the heads of the breakers, the child, the son, the daughter, the father, the mother of faith in Jesus Christ. There is anointing available to you that is undeniable and unbreakable. Will you give him half or will you give him whole? Because that anointing only comes off an offering of one morning you rise to your feet we're going to worship one more time. Let's go. 
But just begin to sing. Just begin to lift up a shout. Just begin to lift up the Lord's 